It is a terrible thing for an entire people to surrender to the notion that one-ninth of its population is beneath them. And until that moment, until the moment comes <coughs> when we, the Americans, we, the American people, are able to accept the fact that I have to accept, for example, that my ancestors are both white and black, that on that continent we are trying to forge a new identity for which we need each other, and that I am not a ward of America. I am not an object of missionary charity. I am one of the people who built the country. Until this moment, there is scarcely any hope for the American dream, because the people who are denied participation in it by their very presence, we'll wreck it. We'll wreck it. Hey, Hunger family, thank you for tuning in to another week of the Hunger Podcast, a culture and society podcast that enlightens you, educates you, even makes you laugh here and there, all from a Black queer perspective. Be sure to follow this podcast on all podcasting and social media platforms by simply searching at HungerPod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. This week, I'm hung up on all y'all for supporting me on my comeback of season four and keeping me informed about the conversations that are important to you and that you want to hear on the show. I'm also hung up on Simone Biles and other Gen Z and millennial athletes that are just saying no and putting their mental health first. And we're starting to see the power in that for the first time. So be sure to stick around for that after my chat with David Michael. David Michael is a creative and HIV awareness advocate out in the Bay Area. David is here to talk about his platform, talk about HIV, and how he is raising awareness about HIV as the face of the HaveGoodSex.com campaign. David also leaves us with some great ways to reduce stigma and keep the conversation going in our community around HIV and AIDS. Check it out. Hunger family, welcome to the show. Creative and HIV awareness advocate, David Michael. What's up, David? What's going on? Welcome to the Hunger Podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I introduced you as a creative and HIV awareness advocate, but please introduce yourself and also let the people know where they can find you on social media. Hey, everybody. My name is David Michael. I am an advocate and HIV awareness um, advocate here in the Bay Area, San Francisco, and I'm also a creative. I am a stylist, a photographer. 
and I'm from the Bay Area, Northern California. Northern California. I haven't talked to anyone out there yet, so it's the first time for the Hunger Podcast to be out. Well, we're not out in the West Coast, but you know. I feel like you I know. am a little bit. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm talking with you. So it works for me. Yes. Energy has its <laughs> way. <laughs> energy has its way of getting where it needs to be. So. Yes. Yes. Reaching yeah. out <laughs> from coast to coast. <laughs> yes. So let's get to know David Michael, the creative, the HIV awareness advocate, but also just the cool, dope guy that you are. And if you guys follow David on social media, like, cause that's, that's how I met you. And that, that's how we made this connection. And I really appreciate you being here, but you know, you just have a really infectious personality, um, really dope style. And that's one of the reasons why I started following you, but then you come to find out that you're doing all this other great stuff too, including uh, being out in the community, spreading awareness, and just being present, which is so important um, for Thank especially you. younger people. Because I remember when I was coming up and I was young and gay out here, there was just none of this type of representation going on. And we definitely didn't have social media like we did back in the early 90s and the early 2000s. So. Thank right. you for being here. <laughs> you are very welcome. And yes, I can be found on Instagram um, at David Michael Official. My photography Instagram page is DM Poppin, and that's spelled D M P O P N. And then I also have my separate Instagram page for my HIV awareness uh, platform, which is Talk About HIV. Very dope. Make sure you guys support, follow David, and check out the good work that he's doing. Especially if you're out in Cali, because I know I got a few listeners. I don't, I don't know if I have a whole lot, but I know I got a few out in California, out on the West Coast area. So it's all love. I got some people in Philly. Oh yeah, you do. You did tell me that. You did tell me that. Are you coming back out anytime soon? It's a possibility. I was just in Philly about two months ago, so it's possible. Is Philly good to you when you come? Oh, yeah. The last time I came, it was my second time coming, and I came to celebrate a friend's birthday, um, and I had a good time. I feel like Philly really shines in the summer. You know, it's just more to do. People are outside. You got um, food just everywhere, popping up everywhere. You got the beer gardens popping up. You have festivals, music. It's just a lot more going on in Philly. And a lot of artists come to Philly in the summer to perform. Another benefit. That's interesting because actually my first time going to Philly, I was actually dancing. I don't know if we talked about this, but I used to dance also. And I was um, at the Summer Jam. I think you called it the Super Jam. It was um, a concert, like a summer festival. And um, I was a backup dancer for one of my friends who was an up-and-coming artist. And this was in the summer, you said? Yeah, this was in the summer, probably like 2010. It was a while ago. Gotcha. Yeah, I was here. I was here. I was a youngin'. Out in the Philly streets. (laughs) (laughs) I was in the streets, yes. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, 
Philly is just one of those places. It's it's not a New York and a DC in the sense where things to do, places to see, people to connect with is is obvious, or it's going to be like right there in your face. Philly is one of those places where you kind of it gives me like big town vibes. So it's kind of like you got to know people here to know where to go and to know what's going on. Okay, I can see that. I mean, people come here who are not from Philadelphia, and they do all the tourist stuff. You know, go down (laughs) to Independence Hall and go down to the Rocky Stadium at the Art Museum, you know. Right. But you, when you know people from Philly or that have been here a, a, a while, they can they can show you some of the gems. And and so next time you hear, uh, let me know. We're gonna have to connect. Yes, I will definitely let you know when I'm coming back. All right, David. So I have some icebreaker questions for you to get to know you, and so the listeners can get to know you too. Question number one: We've been in quarantine for a minute now, and. <laughs> It seemed like we were on our way out, but I don't know. I don't think it's over. <laughs> it seemed like it's coming back or or a new version is 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 coming back. But one thing I can say for sure is that social media has been a source of entertainment, information, a way to connect for a lot of us. So I wanted to ask you my first question for you is what social media app do you spend the most time on? For me, I still spend this probably the same amount of time um, on Instagram. I do a lot of my networking on Instagram. And that's where a lot of my clients come from with photography. Um, I did spend a little bit of time, you know, looking into TikTok and all that fun stuff that was going on during the pandemic, just for entertainment purposes. And I don't really do like too much of the dating and hookup sites. So if I didn't see you, I didn't see you. You'd have my number. We weren't speaking. <laughs> you said, I'm sorry to this man. I don't know this man. I hate to say it. I hope I don't sound ridiculous. I don't know who this man is. I mean, he could be walking down the street. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know a thing. Sorry to this man. I was very apologetic. Um <laughs> But you know what? I was very, I didn't feel like I needed that social interaction. I know a lot of people didn't like working from home or they kind of felt anxiety from being inside. Like, honestly, I was doing perfectly fine till like the end of the winter, till the end of 2020. Um, holiday season came around. I had my puppy and it started getting dark earlier. So I'm spending more time at home. And yes, the the, the virus was going, you know, especially in California. Some days it was good, some days it was bad. It was just completely unpredictable. But um, then I stumbled across Clubhouse, which was, was which was and still is a super cool app. I think. Um, spent a lot of time on Clubhouse for a couple of months until everything kind of started opening back up again, and I kind of got back into the groove of what I was doing prior. So, um, yeah, I feel like I spent a healthy amount of time on social media apps during COVID. Nothing too absorbed or anything that took away from my focus in a you know regular way that I would live normally. So I think 
I agree. I also enjoyed working from home. I found myself to be very productive, especially from a creative a creative angle. And I was able to kind of reach into some creative areas that I haven't reached in before. And it probably has something to do with the fact that I was spending so much more time home. Being home just gave me a different way to process the things that I've been thinking versus the ripping and running and not being home so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, that, that hustle and bustle, that, that constant go, I guess works for some people, but for me, I need that recharge. You know, I, I I need that decompress David. Oh yes. I, I definitely can relate to that. In terms of dating, what was your worst date ever? I will probably have to go with, Something that doesn't sound too bad, actually, but to me, it was not impressive at all. And um, basically, I met someone who had a Tesla, and he wanted to pick me up in his Tesla. I'm like, okay, well, where are we going? He didn't want to tell me. I don't really like surprises. Like, I need to know what I'm supposed to wear. You know, I need to get an Instagram picture, and maybe by the end of the night, I need to know where I'm going. People love those cars. I do not see it. I don't see it, David. Yeah. I mean, do you see it? I mean, it's it's cool if you can afford it. If that's what you like, I don't really care too much for Teslas. They're nice cars, but um, they don't matter to me the way that this person thought that it would. (laughs) So, long story short, um, the date was for us to sit in his Tesla, and he thought I was going to be impressed. And that was absolutely not the way to sweep me off my feet. Well, he did literally sweep me off my feet in his car, but he didn't sweep me off my feet. (laughs) So he told me to meet him at the train station. I'm like, why would I meet you at the train station? I can drive to wherever we're going. So I met him at the train station so he could pick me up in in a Tesla. Sounds romantic. Just, you know, sit and watch the sunset and have conversations and all, but that wasn't really fun to me. You know, that's like what you do when you're 16. But um, (laughs) (laughs) that was probably one of the worst experiences because it was actually an attempt to be a date. Um, So that's why I would classify that as one of the worst dates. Um, Yeah, that's one of many, I'll say. Have you ever been ghosted or have you ghosted someone? I have definitely been ghosted. And I have been ghosted sometimes not even realizing it, you know? Sometimes what do you mean? Sometimes I feel like I have been ghosted not realizing it because I don't really expect too much out of people when um, I don't really know you, you know? So... I, I've seen this behavior. I used to ghost people all the time, to be honest. So it's like if you're not invested in a person outside of outside of your own convenience, it's like you have to make more of efforts than just to text a person or just, you know, check in with them. Like if somebody's really interested in me, I can tell right away. Or if somebody genuinely is trying to be show that they're um, interested in me, I know how to be respectful of their time. And let them know, you know, maybe this isn't working out for me. Or, um, you know, maybe you want to keep your options open for someone who might be better for you. 
But as far as ghosting, yeah, I've been ghosted. I think people, everyone's been ghosted. And um, I didn't really consider it being ghosted because if you, you know, didn't respect my time or show that you were, were interested, I just kind of move on from there. Because guess what? You ain't the only one in the DM right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But as far as ghosting, yeah, I've done that. But I learned that as as I've gotten older that um, I think it's important to show respect to people because everyone goes through a lot of uh, turmoil in relationships and experiences, especially with being Black and queer. So it's easy to kind of like let your hopes down for other people. So you have to give people, you know, the opportunity to to know like everybody's not a dog. <laughs> Everybody is not, you know, shallow. I'm not. Um, but I think it's important to just let people know like, you know, you're cool, but I think you're cool for somebody, somebody else, you know? That is a really interesting perspective. I know I never really thought about it that way, um, but it does make me think about this almost pattern of sorts where it's like you meet guys, you do this texting thing where you're talking and you get to know each other and it kind of is like a crescendo, but backwards. It's just mm-hmm. like it starts big and it just goes really little and it's like, slowly but surely the conversation just gets drier and slower and slower and slower until nobody's talking to the other person right is that a ghost that's what i'm saying like you can't even tell when it's happening because it's like you know i don't know i don't even know i i feel like um though with if you want to define that more specifically um probably someone who has had feelings towards someone and then they just disappeared on them or they stopped calling or texting. That's technically a ghost, but I mean, who wants to date someone that's not being consistent? That to me tells me you're probably obviously not being honest with me or you don't have enough respect for me to say I'm not interested or I'm not, (laughs) maybe I'm in a relationship with someone else and I'm not telling you the truth. So to me, that's not a ghost. It's like, thank God for this bullet being dodged. You know, moving on to the next. (laughs) So it's how you look at it. Because I've been in a situation before where I felt like I was completely ghosted. Me and this guy were talking and dating each other for about three or four months. And the signs were there. (laughs) I'm not even going to sit here and try to play. Like, I didn't Mm -hmm. feel like there weren't a few times where something happened where I'm like, hmm, you know, one eyebrow went up. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But he completely left Philadelphia and went back to actually California. And I never heard from him or saw him again. And this Hmm. was, this happened probably 13 years ago. And I ran into this man. I, right. I never saw him, never heard from him again. I honestly didn't even know what had happened to him. And um, I, it was a few nights I drove by his house and just sat there. Like, 
it had me in a little, had my mind crazy for a little bit. I was young, but I was just, I really had feelings for this guy. And I didn't know what happened to him. Let me tell you how this was probably three years ago. I was in D.C. celebrating a friend's birthday. And this mm-hmm. this is a mutual friend of mine that I know from Maryland. I've known him for years, well over 10 years. His boyfriend shows up to the party, and it's the, it's the nigga that ghosted me. Hmm. And that's probably why he ghosted you. Well, this was so long ago. I don't even think that the two had to do it with anything. You know what I mean? But it was just so crazy that it all that I ran into him so, you know so many years later small world small world well it's not even a small world the thing about it is is that some of these people are just um, really lost in the world and sometimes the only way to find themselves is to find the validation from someone else and in the queer community I hate to say this but especially in the black queer community I've seen where you know we sometimes we don't practice self-love enough and it takes until you go through the worst disappointments from someone you love and care about to then to start to care and love yourself the way that mm-hmm. you should have been. And we do things like that where we put ourselves in these um, yeah. environments where we're now amongst people who are amongst people who are amongst people. It's like, at what point do you stop feeling significant, you know? When you call someone your significant other, like, what's significant about you? You've been with everybody here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's another conversation. <laughs> so my last icebreaker question for you is, when was the first time you remember seeing yourself, someone who represented you, whether it be all of you or a part of you, reflected back to you? I would probably say... When I was a kid, um, I would say the first representation of myself in the world would probably be my older brother, you know, as far as like at home or in my community. He's my older brother. Like he was only like other male besides my dad and my family who was someone that I kind of felt was me in a way and kind of wanted to be like him, played football like him. Um, people are starting to look like them and kind of have this like smooth like way with like girls and I, I want to be like that um but outside of that I would just have to go back to my main person which was MJ <laughs> Michael Jackson um especially when I was playing football I used to think my dad reminded me of like Joe Jackson and um, American Dream <laughs> because he was so young. Michael was so young and mm-hmm. so good at what he was doing and his dad wanted him to be really good. So I kind of felt like I had expectations to be really good at things at a young age. He was the first person I ever saw on TV that I saw as a kid showing them grow up and to be person that they were supposed to be mm. so I was kind of like followed that like you know trajectory David again thank you for being here on the hung up podcast the reason why I invited you onto this show is because I feel like there is still 
so much stigma around HIV and HIV awareness and even the conversation about getting tested and the power and knowing what your status is, no matter what what it is. Hungapod hasn't really covered this topic, so I appreciate you being here because I believe that one way that we can break down the stigma around HIV is by uplifting voices in our community of the people who are living it and know it. And so thank you. I I really appreciate you for being here. Yes, you're welcome. It's a pleasure. What are the things that you want the listeners and you want the people, especially if folks are not well-educated on the topic of HIV, what are the things that you want the listeners to to know? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I just think about myself when you ask me that because I was someone who didn't know anything about HIV until I was diagnosed. Um, and that is always, um, you know, unknowing anything can always uh, bring out all kinds of emotions, including fear. So I think it's super important to know first, um, just within yourself, that it's a it's going to take some time to process all that new information. I tried to um, make myself believe that everything was okay right away, and I didn't give myself the opportunity to say it's not okay. So take some time and just you know feel free to not know uh, how to react. Feel free to to be concerned or to be afraid um, because those are normal feelings and you have to realize how you're actually feeling. Um, I would say one of the most probably, if not the most important thing is to make sure that you get professional uh, care with your HIV um, process, whether you are positive or if you may be with someone who is positive it's important to know how to protect your negative partner and also just to make sure that you're taking your med- your antiretrovirals right away if you can um, and that you're seeing the right treatment that you need outside of just medication. Also, I think that it's important to recognize that there is a huge responsibility from ourselves to find mental and emotional support when you are learning about HIV, whether you're a family member, a friend, a partner, or you're the, or you are the person newly diagnosed with HIV, I think it's important to make sure that mentally you are um, seeking help, whether you be a therapist, uh, counseling, or doing some sort of spiritual um, reassurance within yourself so that you can, you know, move forward and see a brighter David, you are the face of the HaveGoodSex.org campaign. HaveGoodSex.org is a HIV awareness campaign out in Cali. By the way, I love the website. Whoever did the, I don't know, whatever you call it, they the did. photography or the, the just just the everything about it, the, um, the look, the feel, the colors. Um, it's very user-friendly, very easy to navigate. Love the website. 
Yes, I love the website and I love the colors and the pictures. It's just a really good, pleasant visual experience. So you are the face of this campaign. Tell us how you got involved and selected and what are you ultimately what are your goals? What do you hope to accomplish with this campaign? I was approached by one of the people who works for the Department of Public Health in San Francisco to be part of this campaign um, as an influencer. It's it was important that we are reaching the demographics who need these resources the most, particularly focusing on black and brown men who sleep with men and are of the age in 18 to 20 to 30. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, 18 to 30. However, everybody needs these resources. So I thought, you know what? This is not just about HIV. This is about anybody having sex, anybody that is thinking about having sex, um, anyone who needs to, to know another way to take preventative measures and be safe. So. I was very lucky and fortunate that I was approached um, by this team to be part of this. And what I hope to gain out of this is that people become aware uh, that there are other ways to know your status other than going, you know, for your annual wellness check. You can go and be discreet. You can take your test at your own convenience at home. You don't even have to leave home to take it. Um, just drop it off in the mail when you're done. And um, yes, also to rewind, I met this lovely girl named Nicole actually in 20, I want to say 2018. I met her at the Black Joy Parade in Oakland, California, which is a huge Black uh, festival that goes on every year which is super positive for the community. And I saw she had a booth there and she was promoting a prep. And that was a, a campaign they did prior. And I thought that was really cool because I had heard about prep. I just moved back to California from the Midwest. And I, I thought, oh, this is amazing. I want to support this, uh, this movement. So, you know, became social media friends with them. And then come to find out a year later, I was positive and I saw them again at the next, uh, you know, parade, and I told her, and she's like, "Oh yes, we need you, because you are, you know, just a good friend of mine." And also, it was I had a social media audience and presence, and I had already been vocal about my status on social media prior. So, you know, it was a perfect um, kind of marriage that happened. So I was so thankful and an honor to be part of that campaign for PrEP awareness. And fast forwarding to now, um, they, they invited me back to be part of this campaign for uh, having sex. And I love it. I so far think that it's probably one of the best programs that we have here for people of, um, of color to feel open to the idea of participating in very powerful and personal story. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. So I think this is such a great way to help with breaking down the stigma at home testing. And I think it's important for people to know about 
these type of resources that are out here. So havegoodsex.org is a great resource. Now, I did go through, I went through the process where you basically click on get your free home testing kit. It's a button right on their website. It's really easy. And they take you to the process where they tell you how it works, what kind of resources they offer, and also how they protect your privacy. So when you go to order, it does ask you to put in your zip code, which is kind of cool because it lets them know if they can actually work with you. And if they can't, what other resources are out there? So I put in my zip code. I'm out here in Philly. So they said, you know, we're not working with anyone out in your zip code, but here are some other resources that you can look into. And that led me straight to the um, health department that's right here out in Philly, who's doing a very similar program. It's phillykeeponloving.com, where you can order your free at-home tests. Very easy, very confidential. And it's ran by the Department of Public Health out here in Philadelphia. So very similar to your website that you are running and you're the face of the campaign, havegoodsex.org, the Department of Public Health out in your area is running that. So that's really telling me and David, no matter where you are, if you go check what your local Department of Public Health has on their website, at-home testing is really becoming a thing. And it looks like it's pretty free. Absolutely. So just also just, you know, it's important for people to know that these resources are free. If treatment is required, it's free, which can be very pricey and expensive for some individuals. And also shout out to my homie, Samson. He's also um, part of this campaign as well. Samson McCormick is a comedian. You can check him out at samsoncomedy.com. He's a really good guy as well. He does a lot of work within our community. I don't know if you're familiar with Samson. But um, he's someone who is very cool and has a huge impact on this mm. campaign as well. Very dope. Thank you for dropping that. Shout out to Samson. Thank you for dropping that information. So we talked about at-home testing and how it's helping erase the stigma around HIV. What other ways do you think we can approach this conversation to help erase the stigma? So... I think there's a lot of uncomfortable conversations that need to be had to help get an understanding um, as far as how the stigma truly perpetuates harm within our community. There's a lot of um, marginalization going on in many communities across the world, country, and many with, even within the Black community. You know, we all have different experiences within the Black community. And um, sometimes when it comes to stigma, there's still a lot of ignorance happening. Um, HIV is not a disease that is only related to, you know, one particular sexuality or gender. Um, it's something that affects everyone, whether mm -hmm. you are gay or straight, HIV positive or negative, or sorry, living with HIV or have a negative status. Um, so there's a lot of diving in within self, I believe, for people to understand how either they're helping or hurting the situation. 
So what I mean by having very uncomfortable conversations, you know, how our youth especially is being influenced on their perspective of stigma as it relates to HIV plays a huge role. When you have, you know, really big celebrities and musical icons um, pretty much mm-hmm. spreading stigma throughout, you know, social media or in their, you know, on their platforms, that, mm-hmm. that, that affects our experience because now we have to go back into our communities and be looked at as the, the one with HIV, as if right. there's something wrong there right. that could potentially put somebody in a position where now they're being displaced from home, which could lead to homelessness, drug use, death. People are also now insecure and secretive and becoming you know, unable to communicate, which could lead to being manipulated, you know, death. <laughs> There's so many areas where we're affected in, in the most negative and traumatic ways where other people may feel that this does not even apply to them. So I feel that it is um, my responsibility to, to check people in those situations. If I ever see someone saying something, um, yeah, I'm going to have something to say. You might not like it. Mm-hmm. But it's not to belittle them. It's to educate them. Because my job is to empower people who don't have that voice. Right. As I once was. Right. It's very clear that this is impacting a lot of people in different parts of the world. And how they contracted HIV varies. This is not a one-size-fits-all type of situation. And the bullshit that we heard from Baby, like you just, you know, like you were alluding to a moment ago, is, 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 is harmful, is violent, and it places members of our community in situations where, like you said, they can be displaced, like you said, or they can, they can find themselves in a violent situation. Absolutely. Um, mm. Yeah, it, it really takes a, a, group, a group effort. And there are people who don't identify as a part of the queer community. That doesn't make their experience as someone living with HIV any better than ours. There are people who were born with HIV. There are people who had blood transfusions and had other traumatic experiences where they were not, you know, um, in a position where their, you know, quote unquote behavior resulted in this, which is where a lot of stigma comes from. So sometimes, you know, and that all goes back to uh, systemic systems um, and of oppression that affects Mm -hmm. us as particularly, I'm speaking from a black perspective, as a black man who happens to be queer, living in a white supremacy system, yeah, it affects us differently. Talk to us about what's next, what's in the future for David, and particularly talk about HIV, which is a platform that you are working on right now. Yes. So super excited about the things that I have planned for my future. First, I want to start by saying um, I have been able to from my experience, reevaluate what's important to me, reassess the decisions I've made in the past, and um, 
work towards specific goals that I want for myself. And I'm so thankful for uh, my family, my friends, and for God and for all of the people who support me like yourself to um, continue to show me that I am capable of doing the things that I want to do. So I thank you guys for that. My photography is something that's very uh, close to me. And that's like, that's art, that's creativity, that's income. That's something completely separate from me as a human being, my personal fashion sense and other things that I care about within our society that I share in my personal account. But when it comes to talk about HIV, my plan is to continue what I've started um, ever since I started advocating for HIV and awareness, which is uh, to build a brand and a platform that is not just about me, actually. I don't want it about me at all. It's about everyone. Um, I want it to be something that grows. I would like to create a nonprofit where I can benefit the people in my local community and possibly in other areas as well. I definitely want it to be a safe space for people of all backgrounds, um, queer, you know, black, men, women, trans, everyone to, to have a place to, to get information, to be creative, to be able to speak freely and think freely. And to know that, you know, this is going to be a way for you to focus on what is best for you. I feel like sometimes with, when you talk about HIV, it always feels so traumatic as if there's something just so horribly wrong. But a lot of times the, the results from your blood work doesn't even compare to the emotional and mental effect that you have as a result of the experience that led up to that transmission. So I think it's super important to continue practicing um, healthy conversations. I'm a creative, so I want to make sure that if there's an opportunity, I can host galas and throw events and have you know creative sessions where we are expressing ourselves as individuals and we are all connected through these causes. Um, and that's kind of what I plan to do with uh, HIV. Still in early stages, kind of aligns with the career path that I'm setting for myself as well, outside of my creative interests. And I am working towards that as well. Well, when Talk About HIV is ready, please let me know because I will certainly post it on the Hunger Podcast Instagram page. So listeners, be sure to keep your eye out for that. Okay. Thank you. I absolutely will. David, I want to thank you for being here. This platform, because I hear from so many of you guys, it helps so many of you. But I want y'all to know that I'm learning too. This conversation was informative. It was timely. HIV is something that's impacting our community. So we got to talk about it. We have to learn about it. And we have to support each other. So again, thank you, David, for being here. Remind us where we can find you on social media and how we can support you. Yes. So you can find me at my main Instagram page, David Michael Official. It'll link you to all my other pages. Um, talk about HIV 
things at talk about HIV. And you can also check out the Have Good Sex campaign on Instagram at Good Sex SF, as in San Francisco. Or you can also go to HaveGoodSex.org. And I'll make sure that all of your contact information is in the episode notes. Thank you for being here, David. Thank you. Big shout out to David Michael. Thank you again for coming through. In a short period of time, we were able to have such a full conversation around HIV, awareness, stigma, and resources out there. I'm hung up. And this is a reminder for the folks that are here in Philly and you're looking for a free at-home HIV test, go to phillykeeponloving.com and get yours today. Mine already came in the mail. The instructions were really easy. The box was super discreet. I had my results right here at home within 15 minutes. Get your test today. Somewhere in the interview, David also shouted out very cool, very dope black queer comedian, Samson McCormick. So I just wanted to drop his IG just in case you guys missed it. It's S-A-M-P-S-O-N-M-C-C-O-R-M-I-C-K. Be sure to check him out. Yo, it's been such a warm welcome for season four. You all are really enjoying the conversations and the content. And I'm hung up. And I feel so blessed to have this platform to be able to connect with other people in the community, especially queers in the community. Because all this isn't for show. I think some hosts create with the explicit intention on making money, branding. And and I'm not knocking any of that because that stuff is important. But I created this platform with the intention on connecting and learning from the community and then being able to share that journey with even if it's just a few folks that I feel could relate or that could take something away from what I have to say. It really does fill me up every time I hear from y'all. So thank you. I'm I'm hung up on all y'all. This week I'm hung up on Simone Biles and really all the Gen Z millennial athletes and non-athletes that are just saying no, learning how to say no. Previous generations, many folks felt so pressured to perform even when they weren't at their best. And we're starting to see the tide change on that. I also respect Simone for acknowledging the fact that she wasn't in the best space mentally, physically, to be there 100% for her team and to give 100%. So for her to... To me, that was just a really mature move that I think a lot of people aren't calling out or giving her credit for. And I also think it's too, it's it's also like really weird how these people can, you know, work and, and, and receive so much accolade and acknowledgement for all the great things that they are accomplishing. But then one thing happens that y'all don't like or you don't agree with, and these people become just trash. It just doesn't make sense to me. And it's just further, I I, I get why folks need to take a mental health break, especially dealing with shit like that, especially when you are in the public eye constantly, something that many of us can't even relate to, but you want to speak on it. So 
I'm I'm just again I'm hung up on the power in just saying no and this pressure to just go ahead. I, y'all y'all some Ike Turner type shit for real. It's like no matter how you didn't have the baby, you're beaten up, you're bruised, you're tired, you're sick, but go on out there and perform anyway. It's abusive, and we and we have to treat people better. But I mean, I guess that would start with treating yourself better. So many of you guys don't even treat yourself good. No wonder you have such low expectations for for other people. So I'm hung up. Well, hung up family, that is all for this week. Be sure to follow and support this podcast on all podcasting and social media platforms by searching at hung up pod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. There are three ways you can contact the show. You can DM me on Instagram, send an email to hunguppod at gmail.com, or call the podcast. The phone number is 484-578-9992. Drop a message, and I might play it in an episode. Stay safe, remember to relax your shoulders, and I'll talk to y'all next week. Peace. Peace.